these things are tricky. Recording Sunday letters. Because, well, certainly within Substack, which is the platform I use to write and record this material, because you don't have a, an opportunity to edit. So you hit the record button and you have to just go with it. Now, I have another, there's, there's various other means to record um, different a- applications I use. But on this one, it's tricky because I hit record and I have to do it right. And if I fuck it up, I have to start all over again. But there's something attractive trying to get about trying to get it done in one hit, in one take. And this is probably, I think, the sixth or seventh one so far this week for this week's issue. Uh, but anyway, I'm going to give it a lash anyway, because I like the challenge. Uh, now, maybe that's linked to some of the material I'm writing today. We tend we tend to go for that. You know, we, we t- tend to take a punt on ourselves, even though we know that the risks of fucking it up are high. We tend to go for the big win and the big win is, uh, you know, making the home run and using baseball terms. Uh, uh, we take risk as risk is nobody's going to die for me winging it here and uh, uh, trying to get this done in one take. But this applies uh, to other areas of our lives in relationships and work and business etc and i think that's interesting regardless welcome to sunday letters i'm larry mcguire sunday letters is the weekly newsletter i've been writing since 2015 and it goes out as the name suggests every sunday i wrote it write about life work and the pursuit of happiness whatever that means happiness i think if you've been reading me for a while you know that my view on this is there is no such thing as happiness per se it's a it's an interpretation um, based on life experience. And we tend to view our degree of happiness based on recent events or maybe events that stand out. So if we had a shit life event maybe six months ago, maybe now seems a lot better than life seems better now than it did six months ago. Or if we've just got married, which I think was it Daniel Kahneman? Was it his research? I can't remember. Uh, suggested that married people tend to have a better outlook on life um, shortly after they've been married than they do maybe 10 years later. (laughs) Uh, Interesting that, isn't it? That can actually lead into um, our our negative perception um, of relationships too, you know, and and how fickle we are in in what we deem as a life well-lived, you know that these events dictate our happiness when, when really um, I think there's something more fundamental is required, a connection to something more fundamental, that these events should be just events or apparent events because there are no events per se. Everything just rolls into everything else. The separations are, are purely uh, idealistic or um, uh, objective, you know? They're not real. It's just one pattern with all of this kind of stuff going on. It's like a big firework display or series of firework displays, one rolling into the next. That's what life seems to me to be. So this concept of happiness is a bit of a nonsense. And if we can't see that, well, then we're just going to be buffered around and life is a roller coaster. And instead of standing back and looking at it, we're actually honest, you know, and that's all right. 
I mean, you can't necessarily get off it. You have to ride it and take the good with the bad. And I think that's ultimately what happiness is. It's the ability to ride it and accept conditions as they are. But you cannot be where you are where you are not. You can only be where you are. You can only deal with the shit as as it faces you. So when I write about happiness in life and work, it's really about the human experience and what I perceive it to be, because I can't talk for anybody else. This is this is my grappling with the phenomenon that is whatever this life is I'm, I'm, I seem to be living. It's a, a conversation with myself. I know you might be listening and I might refer to you and I publish new material every week and all this kind of stuff. But really what's going on in everything I write and record is trying to understand the question, whatever way that, cre- that question comes out. So this week, uh, is issue number 133 of Sunday Letters. I do believe it's 133. And I'm talking about how we trade images of the self, how we pretend to be something, and really we don't know what we are. We look in the mirror and we see ourselves. We 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 shave our face if we're blokes, or maybe women shave their faces too, I don't know. Uh, we pluck our eyebrows and we cut our hair and we put on makeup and nice clothes and shoes and we stand in front of the mirror and go, yeah, that's me now. I look great, right, out. And we feel comfortable because we've met the ideal. We've got this self-image. Look in the mirror, yeah, that's me. I'm I'm out. And uh, we go about our business and we pretend. And a lot of the time we don't know we're pretending. Or maybe we do know that we're pretending. And we just pretend that we're not pretending, you know. And it's kind of like that. When you look at the image that I've used in today's Sunday Letters, that basically represents what I'm talking about. The the, the um, feature image on the article. Uh, you can't get a hold of it, but you, you try, you know. And this whole idea that we trade images, um, I mean, in trivial terms, it, there's not much... There's not, there's not much bad about it, but there is. Um, we're kind of a microcosm of that broader uh, construct that how society exists. And, and really, if you, if you want to take a sober look at it, I think we are quite destructive in how we live. Destructive to ourselves because we're continually denying who it is we are. We can't face it because it's too scary. Um, my mother said to me before she died, um, bizarre that, that that even happened. But And if you've ever lost a parent, if you have lost a parent, uh, you know what I mean. It's bizarre to conceive that they're actually not there anymore. But she said to me um, one day, that, and I've written about this before, I don't know who I am. And I thought to myself, well, now, here we have it. The ultimate reality we cease to exist we're not even who we think we are this is fucking big like and ultimately that's what we're all going to have to face i think so um in the last couple of weeks i've been writing researching and writing a lot now it's it's part of the material that i cover 
uh, in my studies. Um, I've been researching and writing a lot on leadership and ethical leadership. I have a newsletter that I write weekly on this topic, specifically on this topic. It's called The Lead. And I have a link in today's article uh, to that to that essay. Um, and today's Sunday Letters is an extension of that, a more general approach to it, I suppose. So this whole idea of authentic leadership suggests that we're not in a position to, to lead an organization or be or or, or uh, whether it's in business or sport or, or whatever it happens to be politics, unless we know, unless we're connected with a, a deeper sense of self, and that's that's a very difficult place to get to, and often it's a case that we can't make this happen. Now that flies in the face of all this kind of neoliberal bullshit that suggests that you can fix yourself, you know, and that. Uh, the solution is prescriptive that you can go to a seminar or you can you can buy a book or do a course or spend a week in Thailand doing a meditation course or some horseshit like that. And that somehow you can find yourself, your true self, you know, and this forcing oneself to save oneself is, is really a bit of a nonsense because you can't pick yourself up by your own short collars. I mean, that's obvious. So in large part, this sense of authentic self, this authentic leadership idea, um, must come about on its own. But we don't, but we don't know that. So we go about our lives and we we pretend to be this. The world tells us to be something. I mean, they're really good at it. Um, adverts are everywhere, plastered on buses, bus shelters, uh, uh, sports jerseys, footballs. Um, uh, TV, obviously, social media, completely were completely bombarded by um, corporations who attempt to get our attention, tell us who we are. When, when really we're telling them who we are, we're giving away our information for free, um, our, our data. They're responding by giving us the material that, they, they, that we're telling them we want. And so this concept of self is being continually refined so like you eat an apple and the apple has sugars in it and it tastes good and the, the, the sugars provide us with energy, but it, there's a whole other pile of nutrients and stuff in there that's also uh, providing for <laughs> our health or whatever. You get the message. But what? So we like the taste of the apple and corporations come along and go, ooh, um, they like apples. Well, I tell you what. Let's let's not bother with growing the apples because that takes too long. Let's just uh, let's just suck out all the sugar, fructose and whatever out of the apple. Then recreate that in a lab and give them the sugar anyway. So here we are consuming all this sugar, and slowly but surely, the enjoyment of eating the apple becomes an obscene replicate, uh, and and we indulge in that. And so this this ideal self is an obscene version of all the things that we say we want, kind of this hedonistic, destructive hedonistic ideal. And we chase after it. And Instagram is full of it. In fact, Instagram is probably the most profound attempt at replicating this ideal, this social ideal, this image that we that we have. 
and uh, TV shows. Um, they sell perfume using this ideal. They, you know, it's 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 relentless. And so we believe this and we adopt it for ourselves in various ways. We buy the jeans and the shoes and the tops. We do our hair a particular way and off we go out into the world and we pretend to be someone. Um, and it's ultimately destructive because uh, we, we don't like to think that um, how we live our lives uh, impacts the environment, but it does. You know, um, commercial shipping vehicles, trawl the ocean floor, destroying it, collecting fish and and everything else to provide for us and give us all of these things that we need. The third world suffers for our convenience to provide us with all the clothes and all the comforts of life. Kids go down mine shafts in Africa to retrieve cobalt that Apple put in iPhones and Huawei or whoever else put in computers and and, and, and telephones. And we can't relate that. Uh, uh, how we live has a deep impact on the countries that subsidize our our way of life. I watched a video during the week. Um, uh, Roger Waters from Pink Floyd's uh, uh, shared it. Um, a conversation he had with an American lawyer who's been fighting for the rights of indigenous tribes in South Africa, whose environment has been decimated by the activities of oil companies who come along and, and they use externalization, which is essentially they uh, rape and pillage the environment. They suck out all the oil for the sake of profit and they leave the clean up to the government. And the government couldn't be arsed, you know. So the government of Brazil, for example, they sell off all these uh, rights to rainforests, to oil companies who come in and destroy the place. And what's that for? Well, it puts oil um, products on our shelves and fuel in our cars, you know. And that's a direct result of our consumption. And the advertising industry, marketing uh, and advertising, has convinced us that we need all this shit. And then we go out of our way to achieve it because it fulfills our sense of self. But that sense of self is so thin. Um, and we eventually have to figure that out. Now, in today's Sunday Letters, I'm writing about this a little bit. I go into a, a lot more detail in uh, the article on inauthentic leadership. Um, but basically it boils down to um, the question of whether or not we can do anything about it. I mean, until until we're forced into a corner, do we really, are we really inclined to change how we behave? I don't think so, because there's no imperative for us to do that. Until life becomes so difficult, we won't change. And that's why I believe we're kind of heading over the edge of a cliff. Um, I had a, a series of conversations last year with psychoanalyst that um i know and i asked them why do people go and why do people go to see him and he said that i'm paraphrasing now but from what i remember he said that people come to me when they can no longer cope when all the efforts they have made to make their life better to mask their discomfort their pain, their trauma, etc., have failed, and they have no other option. You could say they're they've been cornered. They've cornered themselves. The self that they perceived themselves to be has been cornered, and they are on the brink 
of something. And so they go to see him to try and find a solution. When in actual fact, what's really going on is that they are in effort to to cast off this kind of fake self and understand who they are fundamentally. Now, you could say that that's impossible. That just like a fractal, just like a just like Alice in Wonderland, you go down the rabbit hole and there's no coming back. It's a it's just this ever expanding and changing thing. But and that should be that's okay. And that's that's what we've got to get to. Because when we believe that the self is this kind of solid construct, uh, a real when we believe ourselves to be real, that's when we're really lost. Because things shift and change, and there's no getting away from that. Hence the cover image uh, on today's article. If you happen to click through, you'll see that it's like it's like this dynamic shifting pattern, and that's what's going on. So it's a centrality of images, and and our way of life leads us to believe that the image is real and it's not. And uh, coming up against that is really the big trauma. Coming up against that reality is, is, is the big one. And at some point we have to face that down. And until such time as we're forced into a corner, we can't face it down. There's nothing to face down. So we carry on. And you look at the behavior of human beings and how we're fucking up the planet and um, destroying one another in the pursuit of happiness, pursuit of hedonic happiness or what we believe to be happiness uh, is really just avoiding it. And it, it seems inevitable that we're, we're, we're driving headlong in this mass crazed uh, crowd over the edge of a cliff. So I'd, I'd like to be a little bit more optimistic about it, but really, I'd, I well, I mean, you could say I am being optimistic about it, that this is optimism, because we've got to, I think, destroy ourselves in order to realize, you know, who we are and what we're supposed to be. Um, and in the meantime, we, we carry on. So get over to Sunday Letters and have a gander at that article. Uh sundayletters.larrygmaguire.com and uh, give it a read. There's also links in there to issue number five of the lead in authentic leadership, which is on the same subject, incidentally. Um, and I hope you enjoy. By all means, uh, offer a comment. Let me know what you think of the stuff that I'm writing because feedback tells me you're there. Just like I step out into the world in me jeans and me me freshly shaven head and I'm playing a game or playing a role. I can't know I'm me unless you're there. Uh, your response to the stuff that I write and the stuff that I record tells me you're there. <laughs> so anyway, I'm going to continue um, doing this stuff because like I said at the start, what this is, is a conversation with myself, trying to figure out what's going on. And uh, I don't believe I'll ever really find an answer, but it's enjoyable to explore the various options. So that's all I've got for you today in Sunday Letters. Uh, this has been issue 133. Thanks for listening. And uh, if you like what I'm doing, 
If you enjoy the material that I write and record, please consider becoming a paid subscriber. It costs a fiver a month or 50 quid a year. And in fact, for the rest of April, you can get it for four quid a month or 40 quid a year. And um, that would help me create more time to do this stuff. And uh, well, maybe you think it's worthwhile. Okay, so that's it. Um, and until Wednesday, uh, which is the next issue of the Nomic, it's the midweek read from Sunday Letters. I've been Larry McGuire, and thanks for listening. Take care and enjoy the rest of your weekend. Good luck.